Hey now, you're an all-star. Get your game on, go play. Hey now, you're a rock star. Get the show on, get paid. Welcome to another episode of the NRL Supercoach All-Stars podcast. Here ahead of round five, we've got Billy here again with Barnsley to discuss round five, market watch, a heap of questions that we got thrown in and go through TLT. But first of all, Billy, did you have a nice um, bounce back week for round four? <laughs> uh, it was all right until uh, Johnson got a scrap mate, left me, scra- left, left me scrapping with about one minute notice. Yeah, I think a lot of people were in that boat. Um, yeah, I was quite. I was pretty fortunate to get close to twelve hundred, so I'm going in the right direction at least. And um, Serge's captain helped me again um, with his try scoring ability, but um, was hoping for a bit of a better score for him with a try. But that's all right. Um, but let's rip in um, straight into this one, mate. We're going to go straight to the mailbag. Uh, got some really good questions this week, guys. Um, a lot of people. Big trend this week in um, the questions that were thrown up for the the podcast. We actually got. A heap of people asking exactly the same questions, which works out really good because it probably means we can cover everybody's question um, because it's probably about half a dozen questions that everybody was asking. So let's start off with this first one, which we were asked by at least a dozen people, so I won't go through who asked it, but what to do with Sean Lane? Is he a hold, sell, especially considering around 12? Um, and along with that, how important is balancing the break-evens versus having a round 12 number? Um, so I might kick off with this one, Billy, because I have a lot of thoughts on Sean Lane, um, and I am an owner. So to me, I'm actually holding him at the moment. Um, and I know a lot of people are running to sell him. I'm going to go through some quick numbers pretty quickly. So in round one and two, he had 73 and 71 points, obviously going along great. Uh, round three wasn't as good at 42 points. Uh, but you can pretty much forgive that anyway as a just sort of a lower score game for someone that needs some um, attack that didn't get any. And then, obviously, he had a horrible round four where he scored 36 points, which is well below standard, well below where we expect him to be. From my point of view, there's a, a couple of key things that I'm looking at where I'm not really that worried. The first one is it's one bad game to me. So 36 points is a terrible week. Everybody has terrible weeks. Teddy had two weeks in a row to start the season that were terrible. I'm not going to sell Teddy. Um, other guys that aren't as big a guns as Teddy, you can look at that you're not going to sell. One bad week shouldn't say what a guy's going to be like for the rest of the season. That's the first point. Second point is his base has actually um, been 45, 45, 40, and then 34. So his base was a bit of an anomaly. His base is always low. Um, normally in the 40s, you're going to expect his base to be. But it was extraordinarily low in that game. Again, it's a one, one-off, one game where it was terrible. Now, if Sean Lane is scoring 30s the next couple of weeks, I'll change my view and I'll sell him. But more than likely, uh, for a guy that relies on attack, I don't think he's going to go through the next month of football or five weeks of football and not hit some attack. And that's when you're going to see a 73, 71-point back-to-back performance again. That's where I think his value is going to go back up again to where you started with him at, around 500000 Uh, And that's where he's going to be probably priced at your starting price, if not a little bit more, if you get a good run out of him for round 12. So I don't have any issue at all with holding him at the moment. If he goes a hell of a lot worse, then I'll consider selling him. But for right now, um, whilst I think he's not going great, I kind of don't really know what people expected. He's still averaging 56 points, which is better than what he was priced at to start the season with. 
Yeah, agree there, mate. Um, I was annoyed at that base. I kind of figured he would have been at least sort of 40, 45. Um, went back through to have a look at the numbers and see if I could figure out why. Uh, a couple of things I came up with. Um, his tackles were down five. Uh, he had seven, five between five to seven most tackles that he did in the first three games. Uh, the only thing I think there is uh, he plays sort of left side and SJ was attacking the right side, so maybe uh, they they, uh, they went to the, the, the more dominant half um, a, a little bit more, so it might have lowered his tackle count just a little bit, and his, and his hit-ups were down to about five points. The only thing I can think of is, he, he's, uh, like you said, mate, he relies on those clutch attacks those clutch stats where we know that he just didn't get near this uh, this game but his, his uh, base was just down about six or seven points in, in total so I'm happy to take a sort of 42 to 45 base just uh, but with um, Raiders coming up and then, then Tigers these guys uh, what, some of the better defensive teams in the comp at the moment but surely a guy his size as long as he's still playing 80 he can't score 45 every week so given that uh, people like Host are going down there's injuries left right and centre I'll, um, I'll be holding him mate especially, especially given um, uh, his bias status coming up. Yeah, and the next three weeks as well, talking about the draw that you raised, um, it's three teams that weren't top eight last year. All three teams may not be top eight this year as well in the Raiders, the Tigers and the Knights. Um, so they're not. it's not a terrible draw whatsoever for him. Um, those sides can give up some points as well. The other thing too that I sort of say to myself when I'm looking at um, Sean Laney, my side, Billy, is if he's one of the, you know, the my reserve players or even my worst player in my 17... I'm kind of I'm okay with that if he's the worst guy in your 17, and I think a lot of sides are set up pretty well where he's you know your 16th maybe 17th man. Then it, it's not really a big deal if he's there. Yeah, the only thing you've got to think of is um, you're right there. If, if he's the worst player in your team, you're doing all right. Um, but if he's the worst player in your team and you're potentially going to punch a 40 and you could trade him for someone um, like uh, Reese Martin who's going to guarantee you that extra 20, 25 points in base and also covers um, uh, round 12, um, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't begrudge anyone uh, upgrading him as well because the extra sort of 10 points per week between now and the round 12 that you get would completely offset any score that you get in round 12 anyway. Um, but I can't see too many people having an absolutely... Uh, dominant at 17 at the moment, so he's probably a, a keep at least for another sort of couple, couple of weeks and play him until you can uh, upgrade uh, the, the hosts and the fleglers and those sorts of blokes, but that's just my opinion. Yeah, that's a really good point as well, and that's probably where I'd say that, um, you know, even though I'm holding him and, and we're both saying I think that we probably want to hold him for a couple of weeks and hope he gets back on the straight and narrow, it, it's not a, you know, a definitive answer for every team. Um, I'm saying it because I, I reckon I've got you know, half a dozen guys that I can trade out. And I've had guys like Nathan Brown and Moylan uh, and other injured guys and all these dropped guys and all these um, cows that are starting to mature and needing to be cashed out. I've got so many options to trade out that I don't need to trade out a short lane. But if, if, you're, if you've got a team that's sitting pretty as far as not copying any injuries and you don't have guys that you really need to cash out or you don't have any way to get a good upgrade in this week or next, then I can understand you maybe going, well, Sean Lane's probably my worst player, so he's someone to to look at trading out there. Yeah, exactly. And if you got, if you if you need to um, free, uh, free up some coin for the, the young Bulldogs kid, he's more than likely going to punch the same numbers anyway. So you could know, free up three hundred k, get the same score, and do an upgrade elsewhere. Um, maybe the only suggestion is uh, go and have a look at um, Sean Lane's projected average or whatever you think he's going to score between now and round twelve. And if you decide to upgrade him instead to I don't know to Powell or 
or Reese Martin or whoever, add up what you think the average is going to be. And if you think the difference between the averages is greater than what sort of Lane would, would score significantly at, at round 12, then uh, there's your decision. Yep. Um, I'm going to raise one final point as well, which me and you did speak about a little while ago in our buy planning when we brought that up. When you're looking at the forwards as well, aside from what Billy just said, you probably also want to plan all the way at, to round 12 on which forwards you're intending on having because I don't think that there's that many um, premium to, you know, in between premium to average forward options that you're actually going to have in your team. So, you know, when I'm looking at it, um, there's Kikau, Tapau, Sergis, uh, Martin, um, and that's, assuming Tolmalola is out, that's probably the four def- definitive guns that are going to be playing in the forward pack, and it's only four for round 12. Uh, and, you know, Arrow's going to be out in origin duty along with the other origin guys, so you can't count them. So when you actually start to have a look at it, if you're planning your round 12 and you go and do that, there isn't that many top-shelf forward options. And when you start to look at the mid-tier options, Sean Lane stacks up pretty well with those guys. Um, and it would be a bit of a sideways trade, maybe, um, if you were trying to do one of those ones, because it's not really a definitive upgrade. So I, I guess the only caveat to, you know, if you need to sell him to upgrade, do it, is I, I'd want to look at round 12 first and see who you want in your forward pack, because with my particular forward pack, I can't really fill all those forward positions the way I want if I don't have short lane there because there just isn't enough, decent enough players. Yeah, you're kind of forgetting about the dogs kid though uh, as well as Murray. So um, some people still got Cardi too. So there's plenty of sort of uh, cheeky mid-strength or mid-strength guys that are still going to be sticking around in. So you generally just need sort of five decent forwards and uh, some uh, roughies on the bench between now and then making coin that you play once anyway. Yep. All right, so um, the second part of that question as well um, is probably a good one for you to tackle, Billy, because you're a good numbers man. How important do you find balancing the break-evens of players versus having a round 12 number? Like, will you normally sit through um, a guy with high break-evens so you've got them in round 12, or, or when will you decide to bite the bullet and just get rid of them and sacrifice that round 12 number to make sure you don't drop cash? I'm all about maximising points as fast as I can and as quick as I can, as well as maximising cash. But if it comes to a decision between uh, cash over points, generally go to points, unless the cash is significant, like, like you know, someone with a, a, a super crazy negative break-even that isn't already priced, you know, sort of um, uh, 550, 600, who's going to lose it within two weeks before he gets to get a chance to play the bloke. So um, uh, I'll give you a really, really quick, uh, quick example. Um, we've, um, we've got a, currently a question at the moment, which we'll get to later, around should I buy uh, Kickout or Crichton or Reese Martins, uh, sort of, this week. So what I would do there is look at, look, uh, look at their break-even, look at their price, look at their projected run, and, and look at round 12. So, for instance, uh, kick Kickout uh, isn't going to rise in price this week, but he's got the Titans. Could could have a, a brilliant game, but he's not. But he's not going to rise in price. Um, you can get a look at him, and even if he doesn't rise in price, it's not going to be by too much. So you're just asking yourself, am I going to miss out one game this week versus someone like Crichton, who has a really really tough draw but doesn't actually play round 12, then you have to trade him out anyway. Um, yeah, so it's all about. How many trades am I going to have to do to get a bloke in and out versus their break-even in cash? So you just got to weigh all that up and go, you know what, I think Martin between now and then is going to score well, um, uh, has a decent draw, and you just make the decision um, based on what you think is right for your team. Yep, agreed. That's a pretty good segue, Billy, into um, the second row forward question. So let's just go straight into that one. Uh, Andres and um, about seven others um, asked this same question or 
um, similar type of question. And basically what it came down to is at the moment there's a heap of second, forward row, second row forward guns that people are looking at getting into their team. And a lot of people are only able to get one in this week, obviously. Um, and the question was which one? So it was sort of a Kikau versus Martin versus Madison versus Crichton question. Uh, how are you sort of ranking those guys and where do you see those options falling? First thing I do is analyse each player. So very, very quickly, uh, Ryan Madison uh, seems to have a, a base for around sort of uh, 60 points, but he played 80 points and then sort of around sort of 70. So, um, But he had started the season really easy, you know, with sort of Manly, then Warriors, then Dogs. But now he's got sort of Broncos, then Eels, then Titans. So you look at that draw and think, you know what, he's not going to uh, increase that, that, much, that much in price. Is he going to score a try against those teams? Uh, maybe. Um, but, you know, you're going to guarantee that the 60 points, but he's not actually playing round 12. So if I don't buy him, I'm not going to lose any cash. I'm not really going to lose any points. I'm not going to make too much money. So uh, no for him. Uh, Kickout has the Titans this week. Uh, could could score uh, monster points. Um, uh, however, Titans generally leak on the other side of the field. Uh, Cleary hasn't exactly been in the form at the moment. Um, he's, he's also not going to rise in price, but even if he does, he's not going to go too far away that you can't get him next week. So you can, you can, at, least, you can at least watch a bloke like that and see if he plays 80. So I'd, I would rank him higher at the moment. Then you go to Crichton, who has a really, really tough draw, uh, has a negative break-even. Kronk is back. If you think he's going to start scoring some tries, great pod. Um, given that he's, his draw is Sharks, Storm, I'd kind of stay away from him for now. Um, Reese Martin, uh, you got another week to look at him just to see if he's going to play 80 minutes. Um, uh, playing in the middle, playing the edge, playing 80 minutes, kicking, um, super consistent. I uh, give it give it one week and see if he's actually playing 80 minutes and then purchase. So you look at those and then you rank those in order. I would rank it in order of sort of um, you know, Martin, Kikau, Crichton, Crichton and Maddo. But then go and look at um, the cheapies that you need to get next week and go, all right, so how many of those do I need to get next week versus this week? All right, then based on that ranking or whatever you think is, is right for your team, uh, pick those guys off from top to bottom. That's the approach that I would do. Yep, no, that's a very solid approach. Um, I'm pretty similar as far as your rankings go. I probably got um, Kikau ahead of Martin. So probably for me, it's Kikau, Martin, Crichton, Madison. Not too dissimilar to yours. Um, I've got a bit of a soft spot for Kikau, uh, and even though his break-even is 90, uh, I think this is where it comes into balancing, um, like you were saying earlier, the points um, versus the money um, and the BEs. Um, to me, you know, if he scores an 80, and it, that means he's only you know, going to drop not much cash at all, you may as well get him in. Um, and to me, I think that he's likely scoring 70-plus against the Titans. He looked like he was... Um, you know, that was his first game back on the weekend, and he looked really good in it. He scored 51 points, but um, in saying that, you know, even the NRL came out and said that they should have gone upstairs to the bunker for that try, and it was probably going to be a try that was given. Um, and if that's the case, it would have been a try and a line break, um, and he probably had a tackle bust in there as well. So he would have been looking at 80-odd points for the weekend had they gone up to the bunker then. I would expect that that's yeah. sort of the sort type of score that he might get against the Titans this week as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, and the thing is, with a kick out, even if he plays uh, sixty minutes, he's probably just as devastating as when he plays eighty because he just has that uh, that more that more of a impact type role. Um, the only thing with him is after the Tommy Turbo fiasco and Nathan Brown coming back, um, coming back from injury where he was sidelined for that many weeks, I'd probably just lean to sort of watching him for a week and sacrifice um, uh, the um, the Titans game. But um, 
you don't win this by sitting on the sidelines and playing it too cautious. So you could jump in and, 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 and take the risk um, uh, for the points. Um, uh, yeah, him and Martin on top though, I think. Yeah, I mean, that's the other point as well with Kikau. He's, um, he's going to be owned by next to nobody. So if he does have a good game against the Titans, you're going to be one of the very few people that benefit from it as well, which uh, is something that I actually like uh, as well. He played 77 minutes on the weekend. Um, so when he first came back from injury, that's a good sign. There's also some reports quoting Kikau saying he feels his knees 100%. There's absolutely no issue with it at all. Um, so And it was a you know not a serious, serious knee injury. So, um, yeah, I, I'm pretty much on board with Kikau. Um, I can see people going with Martin like yourself, though, Billy. Um, I think Martin probably has the most upside. Um, and I think, yeah, I, I know I don't have to talk you into that because you're a big Martin fan, but a goal-kicking second rower, you know, very much in the mould of a Corey Parker type, he can easily be one of the best, if not the best, forward in Supercoach at the moment if his role sticks and he's still playing 80 minutes and Dean Pay doesn't stuff around. Um, so I think that we're both in agreement to kick out Martin are ahead of Madison and Crichton as far as the trade-in targets. Yeah, the only other thing to add there to think about is um, Titans are um, also ranked equal, equal first for leaking points on a, on a particular edge. Yep. Martin and Kikau both look like good options. Um, the other thing that I always do with this as well, which I've said plenty of times before, is if I'm choosing between a, a heap of players and I think they're all just as good as each other and I can't decide, grab the guys that are playing round 12. Um, and to, so to me, you know, if I think Crichton, Madison, Martin and Kikau are all so good I can't separate them, then two out of those four play round 12, the other two don't. So grab those two if, you know, all things being equal. Let's move on. Uh, so the next one, we had pretty much every Farrah owner probably ask us uh, what to do with Farrah. He's got a high BE, doesn't play round 12, um, and a few people said, should I trade him to Cook? Or if I have Cook, should I be trading him for buy cover? So Billy, all these Farrah owners, they want to know what to do. He's got a high BE. He's obviously not playing the buy. Um, what do you think Cook owners should do with him? And what do you think non-Cook owners should do with him? Uh, if you're a Cook owner, I would hold him only because... Uh, <clears throat> Uh, the guy only needs to average one one line break slash try assist every every two games to have that sort of sixty five seventy average. Um, as long as he's playing eighty minutes, you're you're in pretty good hands. Um, I think during the uh, if he starts playing the better teams, he'll just get more more tackles in more tackles in the middle. I wouldn't I wouldn't worry too much about Farah. Yes, he'll leak leak a bit of coin, but he'll sort of bounce, he'll sort of bounce back again. The only reason you would need to be concerned about him is if uh, Benji's back in the side, but. I wouldn't worry about that just now. For non-Cook owners, um, yeah, I'd be selling him now for Cook, knowing knowing that uh, you've obviously got to got to uh, get Cook at some point for that, that uh, get those guaranteed ceiling points. Um, and you, you never you never know when sort of um, Reynolds is going to go back to the bench or Benji's going to come back. So, given that he has a high break, even if for non-Cook owners, I'd sort of use him as that springboard now. Yeah, I tend to agree 100. Um, percent That's what I'd be doing, and I. I have to think that um, if you bought Farah, you kind of had it in the back of your mind that you might be selling him quickly. I know that a few people, um, including some of the people that are asking this question, um, said that they were going to get him in to see if he could keep going um, and for a quick cash grab. And it sort of, if it didn't work out, they'd make a hundred grand and they'd just move him on and, and trade him to Cook or trade him to someone else as a downgrade and use that money elsewhere. He's made um, about seventy-five grand, so. Didn't quite get your hundred grand because he's had forty-eight to fifty-seven points the last two weeks, but you know he's made seventy-five grand, so it's not the worst um, money making just to trade him out, just to, especially to get him to a cook. I'd be doing that for sure. 
So let's move on to the next one. So this one, instead of a hooker question and, and second row question, we're on to the fullbacks now. And again, pretty much half our listeners, I reckon, asked us this one. Fullback options for Turbo. So obviously, so many people got Turbo in and got burnt by him. Um, and people are looking at Teddy versus RTS versus Gutho versus Ponga. And I'll start off with this one, Billy, with a real short answer. If Teddy's in the conversation as not being in your team, he's got to be far and away the number one option out of all those guys for fullback, for, especially coming straight for Turbo. It's about the cheapest you'll get him. Now that you missed out at the beginning of the season, may as well just negate him and get him in. Yeah, and he's one of those ones too, right, where if you if you just keep putting it off, you're going to get yourself towards origin and then just not be able to do it because it's only going to get a few games out of him and, and you're not going to want to do that. And in the meantime, you'll miss out on a lot of points, I reckon. Yeah, the thing with the thing with people like uh, Teddy and Turbo, um, they can punch out a 20 or 30 and everyone can laugh at all the owners and say, oh, I suck shit, you know. Um, why would you pay 700k for a bloke? But then the guy will come back and score, you know, sort of 100, 130 points. And you'll still get that argument from people saying, oh, but, you know, you, you paid for a 76 average and he's now only, uh, only averaging a 70, 74, even though he scored that 130 last week. But that doesn't take into account the games you VC or C. So that doubles that value to, to you know, possibly an average of sort of 85, 90, depending on, on when, you, when you loop and when you, when you don't loop in. So guys that have that massive ceiling have that extra, um, that extra value. So for a bloke like him, priced as low as he's going to get, even though he doesn't play that round 12, I would just get him in. Yep, and he's one of the top players in the game. So you, you need to own those guys. Um, some of those listeners that asked that question already had Teddy. Um, so assuming they do, uh, for me, I'd be getting Ponga in. So Ponga, um, excluding Teddy, Ponga's the cheapest he's probably going to be. His uh, BE's around the 70 mark. He looked really good last weekend. He's going to stick to at fullback again. He's playing Manly, Gold Coast, Eels, uh, Warriors and Dogs um, in the next month of football um, or five weeks of football. All five of those sides did not make the top eight last year. You've got a really good run there. After that, he's obviously not going to play round 12 when he's got the Dragons and Roosters in 10 and 11, but his immediate draw is really good. Only caveat I'd throw in there, I think that you need to get Ponger in, and I think now's the time, but I would probably prefer to have him at um, 5'8 and to get one of these other guys in at fullback. Um, That would probably be my preference. So particularly if you can get Ponger in at 5'8 this week um, and you still need a fullback, um, maybe you can play... You know, a, a nickel clock stat or something at fullback this week, just for the one week, um, and then next week look at someone like RTS, who I prefer over Gutho myself. Yeah, agree with that. Um, apart from the Gutho over RTS, um, uh, yeah, this this was always uh, on my plan anyway. Sort of um, wait and see how he went in the halves. Didn't want to take the risk on a, on a new position for a bloke. Um, so ho- hopefully he's sort of bottom bottomed out around this point. Um, I started getting familiar with with um, playing in the playing in the halves, and then getting for this draw. It's just the added bonus. He's actually back to back at fullback now, so it takes a lot of risk out of the equation. So definite buy this week. Um, I'd get Turdy first if if you, if you could, but um, both of them just as as equal as each other. I think. Um, after that, I put Gaffo ahead. He just looks so much better. I was really concerned about him not kicking, and that's the reason why I didn't want him at fullback. Um, I think he'll. I don't think he's capable of this every week. Um, I think everyone would agree with that. I know he's going to come back to the field a little bit. Uh, how much so? I don't know because he's just playing so well at the moment. 
But um, yeah, he just keeps they just he just keeps going to that they just keep going to that right side and feeding Fergo. So how long how long that keeps happening, I don't know. But um, I think RTS has had his had his uh, easier games, mate. I think the fact that he doesn't play twelve and he's already risen in price a little bit, I just I wouldn't bother with him right now. Yeah, that's fair enough. I mean, I'm partial to RTS just as preference, um, but I could see the Gutto argument. Mainly, if they both played up round 12, I think I'd still lean towards RTS. Um, I mean, Gutho's scores are undeniably massive. I guess the thing with RTS, he's scored 95, 61, 69, and 83. And a couple of those games, the Warriors got spanked, um, whereas, you know, the Eels have actually gone pretty well. Um, so I get what you're saying as far as the easier rounds because they've played some easier teams. But I mean, you know, Manly killed them and he still scored 69 points in a badly beaten team. So I, I just see RTS as a little bit more steadier than what Gutho is going to be. I reckon if they both... If Gutho comes back down to earth, um, RTS will definitely be the go. If Gutho somehow maintains a, a really high attacking run, then he's going to be the better value pick, especially running into round 12. Yeah, Gutho just seems to be sweeping more and getting more opportunity. Um, RTS just seems like the confidence in his knees come back and he's stepping a little bit more. And, and uh, I mean, did you see a couple of his runs last week? The guy just the guy just looked like looked like he did sort of two three years ago when he started going mental. I think he's um, uh, a couple of years past that injury and got got a lot more confidence. Got, got a lot more confidence running the ball and looks a lot better. But I just think there's more attack opportunity and. Um, in Gutterson because of uh, Norman's gone. There's just him, him and him and um, him and Moses running the show now. No, that's a fair call. Um, okay, I think Teddy and Ponga should be your number one options anyway. Um, and then it's really a toss up with RTS and Gutho, and then probably based more on preference and what your round twelve numbers look like as well. The the man himself, Dave Campbell, has asked this one. So when we get Super Coach Royalty throwing up questions, we we really need to answer them and uh, be on our game, Billy. Dave Clemmer. He's yet to score below 60 points. Is he a trade-in now? I know you weren't big on Clemmer, Billy, but um, Dave Campbell's got a bit of a point there. Clemmer has been on fire, and even though he's very meat and potatoes, he's been more higher meat and potatoes than what he has in the past, which means he's scored 69, 60, 66, and 78 points in the first four rounds. And in 67 minutes last round, he had 74 points in raw base. Yeah, I, I still think he's the same meat and potatoes as he always was, but he's gone. Yeah, he's gone. He's gone from fifty-six minutes to game to pretty much sixty-six. So you can pretty much add an extra ten points a game. So as long as um, as long as um, Brown is giving him sixty-six minutes a game, the bloke's going to average sort of sixty-eight, seventy. So um, that's just being on the field. So as long as you think he's going to keep getting the same minutes, um, given the price that they paid for him, I think he's. I think he's a very, very sneaky option and a very, a very obvious uh, meat and potatoes one that should be in everyone's team. Um, I think if he was playing round 12, he'd have more value, but a guy at his price um, playing those sorts of minutes is just going to keep quietly sneaking up sneaking, sneaking up in the prices about sort of 20 grand a week until you realise it's too far gone. Yeah, he looks like he's a really good option this year. Um, I guess the only devil's advocate I'll throw in there is, um, you know, in a vacuum when you look at Dave Clemmer, he looks like a phenomenal trading target, especially as a front row forward. Um, and it just looks like an easy answer just to get him in 66 minutes a game. He's going to you know, definitely give you 60-plus points and even higher. The only thing is that you can't fit all these guys in your team. So when you start going through your shopping list, if you put everybody, including the Dave Clemmers of the world, on your list, you're going to end up with more forwards than what you have space for. 
So you have to make some hard cuts. Um, and it doesn't mean that those guys aren't good. It just means that you can't fit everyone. So, for example, for me, like I'm, I'm targeting Kikau. Um, I like Kikau's upside to give me 100 points potentially when he scores a try and, and just goes ballistic. Um, he also plays round 12. He's the same price as, as Dave Clemmer is, pretty much identical. Um, so when it comes down to it, it's really, you know, Dave Clemmer versus your other options. Yeah, agree, mate. Um, as good as Clemmer's going at the moment, he's going to average sort of 60 out of 70 for you. But uh, some, someone like a Kiko at the, at the same price is, is going to have those clutch attack potentials. So, um, yeah, as long as as long as you think someone like Kiko isn't going to punch a, 30, uh, a 35 or a 45 or a 50 at some point because Clemmer ain't going to, Clemmer ain't going to punch those numbers. So for every sort of uh, uh, 40 that um, Kigar punches, he's going to have to punch a 90 in order to maintain um, a status quo with Clemmer, who's just going to give a 65 every week. Um, but yeah, it's it's really down to personal preference, isn't it? Clemmer's a great option. If you want to go for it, go for it. I'm sure he's going to be less owned than some of the more fancied options. Let's move on to the cows questions because we had a heap of cows questions Um Let's break it up. One of the first cow, cow questions we had was um, everyone's eyeing off CHT at the Warriors, obviously. Um, this is He's looked pretty good early on. Um, they're going to need to trade him in after this round before he hits his rises. Would you be trading out Dylan Brown or trading out Kieran to get CHT in? Um, I'd be trading out um, Kieran. The reason is because if... Um if CHT is get, is going that well at the moment, who's he going to keep out of, keep out of the lineup? Kieran, he's going to keep it. Yeah, he's going to keep up the bloke that he replaced. So as long, so I would back yourself if you if you get if you're going to get uh, if you're going to get him in, um, I'd cut the bloke that he's getting rid of because otherwise otherwise you, you, you're cutting um, um, you're sort of handcuffing yourself there a little bit. I'd yeah, I'd, I'd just I'd just get rid of the bloke that he replaced and pray that um. Um, Brown, come, Brown comes back a little bit earlier than I expect. I doubt it. I'd be selling them both, but start with Kieran. Yeah, I, I agree 100%, um, except mainly because I'm going to try and just let Brown sit there. Um, and the reason I am is because, um, you know, eight weeks got bandied about, but it was really evident when you're reading the reports and stuff, particularly early on, that they just don't know. And I think they've put eight weeks as sort of a longer time frame. Um, it may very well be, you know, maybe he comes back in six weeks or something. They obviously play round 12, though, Billy. So that was the other thing in the back of my mind. He's got a negative break-even, whereas Kieran's break-even is 21. And Parramatta plays round 12. So, I mean, if you need to keep one NPR, you could do worse than keeping a guy who's got a negative break-even that could be back for round 12 to give you an extra number. That might even be the ideal time for them to bring him back, either back off the bench or bring him back against a team that doesn't doesn't have um, their origin stars there. Yeah, exactly right. And and round 12 is exactly eight weeks from the injury. So it kind of works out timing-wise pretty perfect. And, and then you can get a couple of rises out of him and then sell him um, for the round 16 by cover. Um, so it could, it could work out really well, obviously, team permitting if you can hold him. Um, so some of the other options um, with the other cows that people are talking about. Now, obviously, this week, a lot of people are looking at going to Oakenbore, which is um, the number one trade probably of the year. Um, and other people are looking at also training guys out to upgrade with their bank that they've got. So we've got a host of guys that are starting to mature, um, including Garner, Flegler, Host in the forwards, and um, then with the backs as well, we've got guys like Garrick and Centre Wing. So for you, Billy, which are which are the cows that you're looking to sell or cash in on first this week out of that list? 
um, start with selling hosts, um, obviously with their forward pack being, um, or their pack being full strength again with Fizzleback. He's off, he's on the bench, so I'd be getting rid of him. Um, he's also had a slight injury last week, I think they said. Um, I'd get rid of, um, so Flegler, Flegler I would keep purely, purely because, uh, um, his minutes are going to be required a little, a, a little bit more. Um, I'd like, even if he's only going to be getting sort of, um, 30, 30 minutes or so. Um, he he was coming on the field at the uh, midway through the first half and then coming off very early in the second. He was, but instead of coming on in the last sort of 10, 15 minutes again, they were bringing um, uh, Pengai back on after sort of a seven or eight minute spell. So with that Pengai suspension, I kind of think he might get a few more minutes. Um, depends on how they play him him and Payne Haas, but we'll, we'll see what happens there. I would hold him at least for a week and hope for another rise or two. Ghana. 60-minute edgy at the Tigers. I think they're going to start hitting um, a couple more difficult teams soon, so I'd, I'd sell him. Um, so what was the other option that you said, Mike? Uh, as far as the centre wings go, Garrick looks like the one that's um, most ready to be gone. He's at um, a 20-odd break-even uh, this week. So uh, Look, if, look if, if he's a winger who, if he scores a try or, or a double, is going to have a negative break-even again. There's probably um, worse guys to get rid of, like your Garner and your host. I'd get rid of Garner, host, Kieran, and Brown before I got rid of him. Give him another week or two. He might score a try, rise, rise a bit more. But if you've got no one else, yeah, punt him. Yeah, oh, this is um, good because we've got our first disagreement, so always nice to get some of those in there. Um, I actually would be holding host over some of those other guys. Um, only purely because um, looking just this week, um, you know, host has... A pretty low break even, so even though he's coming off the bench, he's going to make money just going on the field. Um, he's got a zero break, break even. He hasn't made that much money yet, um, and he's going to make money just going on the field this week. Whereas um, someone like Garner, um, I'd be selling Garner first because to me, he's got that 28 in his rolling average from last week. Obviously, a couple of injury-affected games um, has hurt him, but he's got a break even of um, 38. Um, he's not going to make much more money than that. You're going to get more money out of, to me, trading um, Garner this week, getting the rise out of host and trading host next week, and that would probably be my plan. Um, Garrick could probably be one of my number one guys to get out, um, purely because he's made he's made the most money out of everyone that we've spoken about. Um, and apparently Albert Hopperardi looked good in his return, um, and he'll probably be playing pretty soon. But even if he doesn't, Garrick has shown to be pretty up and down. So on the weekend, he scored 17 points. Um, before that, he scored 60 and 62, but then in round one, he scored 28 points. If he scored what he did in round four and round five, he's actually going to lose money. Um, only a little bit of money, but he'll lose a, a touch of money. So he looks like, to me, Garrick's the prime example of a guy that's, that's ready to go. Um, and the second one on the list would be Garner. I'd be planning on selling host um, next week. Yeah, the only thing with host is he's got a PPM of 0.57. The guy's pretty ordinary, so coming off the bench, even if he played sort of 40 minutes, he's got he's gonna he's gonna score like 20, 25. I mean, he was scoring 25 off 60 and 70 minutes in round two and round four. So to, to make sort of an extra five grand, I'd I'd just go. Yeah, I mean, to me, it's either make five grand or lose five grand. I don't really care whether I've got host or or um, Garrick because I'm not going to play either of them. So. I'd rather just take the three five grand because it's not going to make any difference. But every team's going to be oh, different. Yeah. Um, I think that all those guys are fine sells, though. Um, you would agree that 
pretty much all of them, even Flegler. Like if you don't have any of the other guys, it's fine to sell Flegler to get an upgrade or a downgrade to an open ball. Yeah, I'd even sell, sell McKayley, whatever his name is, for the Tigers. I only made 20 grand off him, but I'm happy to cut that before Flegler. Yeah, that kind of edges our way into a, another question in regards to this. Um, I mean, for you, obviously someone like McKayley is, um, is someone who hasn't made their money. Um, so I'm always loath to, to spend a trade on someone that hasn't, that's almost still bottom dollar um, as opposed to the other guys because I just feel like they've just got to get the minutes at some point and then they're going to make a lot more money a lot faster than these other guys that have already made 70, 80 grand. Um, are you a little bit against or do you take into consideration, you know, if someone's near bottom dollar like McKayley to try and hold on to them and sell other guys instead? Yeah, a guy like McKayley, so he's, he's not, he wasn't even listed in a team. So if a guy's not listed in the 17 or is listed as a reserve, he's, he's not going to make, make much coin. So um, rather than wait, you know, sort of four or five weeks for him to be named again and then start making coin, as far as I'm concerned, that's too late. The season's already over. I would much rather sort of um, take the approach that, you know, I'm, I'm wasting a trade now in order to make money really quickly. So regardless of the fact that he's only made sort of 20, whatever it is, I'd much rather sell into someone um, that's, uh, that's going to make coin really quickly and say, you know what, I burnt a trade, but, you, but so what? It's, it's such a vanilla season, you'll still have trades at, uh, left at the end of it anyway. So, um, yeah, I'm happy to burn one. Would you sell him over Flegler and Garner? No, because I think with um, with um, TPJ gone, that um, Flegler gets 30 minutes, not, not 15 or 20. Yeah, I guess it is also very team-specific. It depends on which guys you have. For me, when you've got guys like McKayley, if you don't have to sell them, then leave them. Sell the guys that are going to lose your cash. Um, he's not going to lose cash. But if you don't have any guys to, let, to say, sell to an open ball, then you know, you've got to get in open ball, so get rid of, um, get rid of McKayley. Um, so let's move yeah. on, um, Billy, to our market watch and TLT. So the first game of the round, we've got the Brisbane Broncos versus the West Tigers up at Suncorp Stadium. Um, the key news for the Broncos, James Roberts and Payne Haas aren't in the team, um, but they are on the extended bench with Haas in uh, jersey 18 and James Roberts in jersey 20. So both of those guys could come into the side. Pat Carrigan um, is named in jersey 17. You would imagine he's probably the guy that's going to drop out for Haas if Haas comes in. Um, and Katoni Starks is in the centre spot still. Um, on their other side with the Tigers, um, they've got Russell Packer starting, dropping Ben Madalino back to the bench. And Josh Alloway is actually starting at lock with uh, Elijah Taylor dropped to the reserves, which is quite surprising. But let's stick with the Broncos first. Um, TPJ's out, which we didn't mention. Um, David Fafita starting in Jersey 13. Whilst that's great, um, he'll be leaving in two weeks, so I don't really think he's going to be an option to look at. Uh, Joe O. He's probably one for us to touch on, though. He's been pretty heavily sold the last couple of weeks. I really can't see any reason to be holding on to him. Um, I would be selling him this week, even with TPJ out. He's um, he's a guy that we just sort of got wrong if you thought he was going to go well. Yeah, I agree with that one, mate. Um, I, I was never for him unless he's playing lock. And, um, yeah, and unless there's a last-minute... If you still own Joe O, I'd probably hold him to see if there's a last-minute shuffle. If he goes to lock and David Fafita goes to edge or, or bench again, I'd hold him for a week. But otherwise, it wouldn't hold my breath, mate. Just get rid of him. Lodge seems to be getting him minutes there. And TPJ has been getting big minutes too. Yeah, that's right. Um, so on the other side of the fence, the, the Tigers, 
They don't have too many changes, but um, a couple of guys in their forward pack that have been going great guns. Ryan Madison we spoke about a little bit. Um, just to touch on him, just to give him a little bit of a wrath because he deserves one. Um, he's been very consistent. Um, he scored 80 points on the weekend, and he was actually off with a HIA as well, so he only played 72 minutes in a golden point game. Uh, so that was a very, very solid effort. 57 of that was in base. The weeks before, he scored 71, 54, and 67 points. So he got his first try on the weekend as well, but taking that week out, um, he's still averaging really, really well. And he's been at just under 68 points a game for the year so far. So 550k, anyone that started with him will be really happy. Um, and I can see why teams are looking at trading him in for this week as well. Yeah, I can see the appeal. Um... Uh, that try didn't have a line break as well. It was off kick, so even if you take um, the try off, he's still punched 63 in 72 minutes minus the HIA, so more, more like a sort of 86-87 type score it would have been. Yeah, I had this discussion with someone in the preseason, and I kind of disagreed with him. I kind of figured um, he, is a work, he, he is a workhorse, but he's prone to errors. wasn't going to be sitting off Cronk and um, I, I think Tigers' edges collectively scored, I think, one or two tries the entire last season, but seems like in you know, three or four games he's already sort of matched that so yeah I, th- I think the blokes are class um, I'm going to give him give him a miss just for now and go and go but like you said two or three players on on par just go for the buy cover ones but yeah um, I wouldn't begrudge anyone getting him he's still a decent player yep and my boy Lakes 12 threw out another 62 point game on the weekend that gives his points 62 um, 69 63 the last three weeks so just got to give him a wrap yeah. Um, so the other, just before I forget, um, last week we made mention of um, um, uh, what do you call it, Ang- Ang- Angus Crichton. Um, if you have a look at the heat map on um, on the um, NRL Supercoach stats site, uh, Broncos are ranked second or third in the league for edges leaking points against uh, opposition. So Angus Crichton was paying five bucks last week. Any time try scorer went over the line. I think. Uh, Ryan Madison on exactly the same edge. Um, heat map says he's a good ch- good good chance for attacking stats too. So just chucking that out there. Yeah, that's a great one. Uh, Ryan Madison looks good for a, potentially a bit of attacking against the Broncos this week. Um, other than that, it's a it's a pretty not <laughs> pretty uneventful game for Supercoach purposes. Is there any pods in this one that you're having a look at either for this week or, or going forward, mate? I wouldn't buy him, but. I reckon Dave's and feeders are probably up for a big one only a couple of weeks. Going on that Joe O thing, he might even be a whole one more week if you have to, purely because TPJ's out, might get an extra seven minutes. But realistically, the mate, the only people I'd be interested in hearing is um, probably Farah trying to exploit tired uh, tired forwards and, and sort of Madison. That you, yeah, mate, I'd, I'd go a try. I'd go a Ryan, same as last week. Ryan Madison try scorer and sort of back Farah to bounce back this week. Um, surely Eason Marston's maybe kick a goal this week as well. <laughs> oh, his goal kicking was horrendous last week. That pretty much lost them the game. Yeah, don't talk to me about one, mate. I, I don't, I don't know him, but I feel for a couple of people that are that do die him. <laughs> <laughs> well, Matty Gillette was back in the edge jumper and he scored eighty-four points last week, um, which included a try. But um, he looked a lot better, so he's one on the radar. I'm not interested myself at the moment. I need to see more out of him, but. Um, if you own him and you held him, like we were saying, you may as well do last week. You've done well. Um, but this Broncos and Tigers game is pretty uneventful for super coach purposes. So let's move on and chat about the Friday night game because I reckon this one's going to be a great one for SC. 
Gold Coast Titans versus Penrith Panthers. For this one, um, not too much changes for the Titans that are relevant at all, but for the Panthers, we've got DWZ moving to fullback and Dylan Edwards on the wing. Probably saw that coming last week. Um, Edwards was pretty terrible at fullback, made a lot of errors and got moved to the wing during that game. Kikau's um, starting with Fomono coming off the bench, whereas Kikau was named on the bench last week. Um, James Fisher-Harris is retaining his 13 jumper as well, which is super coach relevant too. Mate, I'm gonna, we're going to go straight to captaincy here. I'm going to potentially VC Cleary this week. I know people might think that that's crazy, but I reckon I saw some pretty good signs last week. He scored 54 points in what was a dour game that was a 9-8 scoreline, and he was taking on the line a lot. He was running to the line. I really liked how active he was, and I really liked that he had um, uh, kick out back on his wing there to um, just pop the pass left and give it to him to run into some backs. And um, I reckon he might get a try assist to a, a Billy kick out this week against that Gold Coast edge. <laughs> Mate, you read my mind. Go and have, I've got the VC on him as well. Um, Perso had a really good uh, post today in a couple, couple of different groups. Um, he broke down the uh, best attacking and defensive teams. And I'm pretty sure he, he had Titan, one of the Titans' edges probably both the edges as the worst of the league. I don't think it was Kickout and Cleary's, and Cleary's uh, left, left side. I think, it was, I think it was a Titans right side defence. But um, Cleary is roaming and he will be the one kicking goals. So given the fact that he hasn't had a try or, or, um, or much a try, it's just a opportunity this year and score that sort of 50 odds last week just in, in base and a few goals. Yeah, I'll be backing in for a VC this week, mate. And I'm, I'm scared to death of not owning sort of kick out this week, but I'm going to give him another week. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I'll go one step further too. I, I think it's crazy that people are looking at trading out Cleary this week. This is a week that he um, might get things back on track. And he, I thought he showed some good signs last week, so I definitely would be trading him out. And just on, I know you're, going to, you're probably going to get to pod this week, but... Um, the, the heat map also says that halves and fullbacks are the highest rated players against the Titans. Um, Jalen Moutini Zelezniak is at fullback this week. Don't know what his price is or or, or how he how he fares at the fullback, but I know he's a tackle busting runner. Um, if someone's looking, if someone if someone out there actually bought the bloke for some reason, or is or is or is a mad Panthers fan and looking for a pod, um, he probably won to watch this week. But um, yeah, this is the week you'd want probably want to play him if you own him. Yeah, and it, that bodes well for Cleary as well. So everything points to Cleary having a good game this week. Um, a, a bit of a pod for the Panthers. James Fisher-Harris has been quietly playing 80-plus minutes um, all year. So he played 84 minutes last game because it was golden point, and he's played 80 minutes the first three rounds of the season. He's very, very quietly um, been averaging uh, 65 points for the year. Um, I'm someone who's not a James Fisher-Harris fan. I used to be an owner of him last year and maybe even the year before. Uh, And at his price points, he just hasn't been worth it because his PPM um, hasn't been that fantastic. And for the minutes he's getting, it's sort of just been a a solid sort of 50 points or something. Um, He averaged 49 points a game last year in 58 minutes, but he's averaging 65 points a game this year in 81 minutes. He's only 505,000. Um, if he makes that lock spot his own and he's playing 80 minutes there, he scored 72 on the weekend, 49 the week before, 74 and 65 to round out his year. He looks like a, a super pot at the moment for about 500k. 
Um, yeah, he also covers that round 12 by. Um, he was actually listed as starting on the edge in round two and three. Did he actually start on the edge in those games or at lock? Do you know? Uh, I'm pretty sure that he did. Um, I think that he started on the edge one of them, and in the other one he got moved to the middle. Okay, because in uh, he was listed in the 13 jersey in round one and four and averaged 69 in 82 minutes, um, so a much higher base. I think his base at lock was actually up. It was up base. from about 43 points or so. Yeah, yeah. So in round two and three, his base was 39 and and, 40, and 45, um, not including his power. His, his pure base, and when he was actually listed a lock, was 61 and 70. So if he's playing, if he's playing 80 minutes a lock, it says he's a 68.5 average. Um, yeah, pretty pretty, pretty good option. Probably a, probably a sneaky watch. Yeah, I would um I would watch him closely. He's probably one of those really, he's he's a dual two, so he's probably one one of he's probably a front row forward solution for the um for the first buy, hey. Yeah, he really is. Um I'm gonna watch him this week with interest, um, because he's not gonna go up too much unless he scores a try or something crazy. So um and you know, it's it's one of those ones too where he's probably gonna remain a pod even if he's doing well because he's not a big name player and a lot of people are gonna be more interested and having bigger issues to, to fix in getting the big names in, um, like the big fullbacks like Ponga and Teddy and, and also the Cooks at Hooker and so forth to be able to spend the cash on a James Fisher-Harris at second row. So, you know, leading up to round 12, he's someone who's definitely on my radar as one of those mid-tier options for the Fords. So for the Titan side, I brought, I brought in Cardi last week. Um, and, you know, I wasn't, um, I obviously wasn't pleased. It wasn't a, it wasn't a great party, but you know, I got to have a few beers and chat to people, type of party. So it wasn't the worst in the world. But um, 34 points, obviously not a good super coach score, but he still went up some cash, um, and he's still only got a BE of six this week. So um, everyone that's really disappointed and, and thought it was the worst party in the world to get into last week, I'd say, you know, sort of, what did you expect? He's uh, he can always throw out a 30-something point game, but he's also got the upside. And he also played 80 minutes, which is the main thing. So he's retained his jersey, um, number 12 jersey, again this week, starting on the edge. So he's going to get 80 minutes again. And one of the things this week as well is he's playing his old club, the Panthers. So, you know, Cardi's a pretty... uh, He's not a very fiery character. I I think it takes a lot to get him really up for a match. But if he's going to get up for one, it's probably going to be this week against the Penrith Panthers. Yeah, I was really disappointed with that effort. Um, Did exactly what, what he thought we would, play 80 minutes. Um, I just kind of thought, A, he was actually going to be playing on the right side. I didn't realise it was left. <laughs> he's not, he's not, not as effective there. And, and B, like he just how many missed, went back to his usual sort of uh, five, five missed tackles. just seemed like he had, had, had a couple of errors, like just trying to off, offload too much. Just, just seemed to plod along, but not plod along and to what we thought he would. I, can't really, I really thought he was going to punch to the 50 just being on the park, but... 34 was a bit disappointing. Um, hopefully, I don't have to play him this week. But really, with Papali named on the bench, I've got a big decision to make. Yeah, I was actually looking at him being my worst player, my 17 this week, um, purely because he was playing the Panthers. Um, and there was a bit of a silver lining with his numbers, to be honest. Um, he had two offloads, which is good to see that he's offloading a bit. Um, didn't run the ball enough, had 30-odd tackles, eight runs. But if you take out his negatives... Um, which, you know, he's often going to have negatives, but he had two errors, a penalty, and five missed tackles. Um, you know, so there was quite a few negatives in there. He would have been, you know, mid-40s 
um, if he didn't end up with those errors, um, penalties and, and all those missed tackles. If he just missed like one tackle like he did maybe you know the week before with his defence improved a little bit and didn't concede his penalty, then um, he actually would have been all right. Um, and that was in a quiet game. So he was still pretty busy um, in tackles and stuff. So, yeah, I'm going to consider playing him this week. But I'm not that disappointed. I still think he's going to make us some cash. And he only has to go over for one try to see him start ticking over. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I was just shooting myself, mate. I saw him on sort of 26 or 28 points with sort of 10 minutes to go. And then he, then he went on a, a H8 with a tackle bust and an offload and you know, for eight points. And I remember sitting myself thinking, yes, and then thinking, geez, I'm getting excited about eight points. Was that the right decision? <laughs> so <laughs> hopefully... Hopefully he bounces back a little bit more next week. Uh, and the only other one that's really relevant in the Titans side is, um, you know, the curious case of Jai Arrow in his minutes, you know, 59 minutes again. I don't know what makes the difference between him getting 59 minutes in round four and 69 minutes in round two or why the coach thinks that he's not the best player they have and they need to keep him out there for 80 minutes. But he did a decent amount of work while he was out there. But, you know, 59 points, um, he can do so much more. He's, he just needs to get... The minutes consistently. Yeah, he just, mate, he's always out every every time he's he's on the field. You see him. He's he's in he's in every second tackle. He's making runs. He's offloading or he's trying to offload. It's a fifth, the difference between the fifty nine score and a seventy nine score is him just getting you know, an extra tackle bust and one of those offloads away and putting someone in a gap. That's all it is. So. Um, uh, dis- disappointed with um, his 45 or 57 minutes the previous week, but 59 or 59. Um, if that's the, the worst you're going to, the worst you're going to get from a bloke when he's actually priced priced around that, I wouldn't be too concerned. The only thing I'd be concerned about is you know when when you do and don't have the C on him because if you're going to punch sort of 60 or 160, you want to make sure you're sort of on the 160, don't you? I'm pretty loath to put the C on him. I think that he's a he's a he's a great option and. You know, I love having him my side, but I'm going to hold the C off for now because I just don't know what Brennan's going to do with the minutes and how that's going to work out with his numbers. It's a bit too up and down at the moment, but love having him. Um, I reckon the Panthers are going to do a bit of a number on the Titans this week, Billy. You mentioned that their edge defence isn't the greatest, and it's not, and you mentioned that halfbacks can carve them up, and Nathan Cleary is a good halfback that can do that. I'm going to go with a 13-plus win to the Panthers and uh, Cleary and kick out a carve up in this one. Yeah, I'm with you there. I'm not sure if Kikau's going to go over the line, but he'll he'll look dangerous the whole game. And yeah, I'm, I'm back and uh, clear to bounce back here. Let's just hope it's not uh, Malani doing uh, all the tries and tries. Just yeah, exactly. The next one we got the Cowboys versus Melbourne Storm. Jarvid Bowen's out for the Cowboys. Ben Hampton moves to the wing, and Anari Tuala plays his first game this year in the centres uh, for the Storm. They've actually got. Vunavalu out, um, suspended for a week after that pretty bad leg twist that he did in last week's game. Adokar's actually returning on the other wing after being out last week, so not a huge amount of changes. Um, so, I mean, for the Cows, I, I've been pretty down on the Cows this year. Um, I was hoping to see something from Cohen Hess last week, but um, I, didn't, I didn't really see enough. Is there any Cows that you're sort of looking at at the moment at all? Not really. Uh... Especially versus the Storm, mate. I, w- I wouldn't back anyone versus the Storm. I didn't even see the Dogs doing anything last week, but they were, sure, were a surprise. Um, I think Cowboys will pick up a little bit, bit this week, knowing that you know they're playing at home, they're playing against the Storm. If the Dogs can do it, they can do it. And I'll tell you what, out of that whole pack, I'm not going to back any one of them at all, mate. Um, 
maybe Morgan sort of picks his butt up and says, you know what, I'm, I'm going to leave this team, but I wouldn't be buying him. I'd just be one of those owners sort of praying that he's going on that run that he's on. Yeah, Morgan deserves a shout. He um he had a bad game, 24 points in round two, but aside from that, he scored 74 on the weekend and, and had 61 in round three and 72 in round one. And he's actually been quietly very good. A uh, 58-point average is sort of around about what he did before last year, where he's all 59s for threes in a row. So he's been very consistent outside of last year. Um, but if you take out that dud game, um, he's actually averaged about 68 points. He's been quite a good start purchase for a lot of guys. He's got a BE of 10. He's playing up there, so he might do well. But, um, yeah, I'm definitely not looking at buying him, but owners should feel pretty comfortable with him at the moment. They've got a pretty good return. Um, on the Storm side, we actually had a question that we didn't get to, and we may as well talk about it now. Jerome Hughes started off on fire and, and looked like a really astute option at, at sort of 460k, uh, 74 points in round one, had a couple of solid 47-point outings, but then on the weekend he had his lowest score of 40 against the Bulldogs, which wasn't really expected. And a few people are looking at what they should do with um, with Jerome Hughes, and it's a bit of a tough one. Um, would you be looking at moving him on and just biting the bullet and saying he's not going to give us the scores that he needs to and, you know, maybe an RTS or Gutho is better just to throw back there instead? Or if you got him in your side, would you persist with him, particularly, you know, playing the Cowboys this week? Yeah, not, not, cow, cow, fullbacks playing against the Cowboys are ranked 15th in the league. So um, that, there's a stat for you as well. So I know, I know it's a storm, but yeah, I... I'd probably use him as a platform before he uh, decreased in cash too much. But um, look, if 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 it's not gonna, if you don't have to play a a, a, a bum winger, um, if you if you got rid of him, I would upgrade him. Um, if it's if you're going to have to play someone that's potentially going to give you you know a twenty or a hundred and twenty score, um, I would hold him just for this week, take a potential price drop, and and take the risk against him versus the cows because they're pretty bloody ordinary at the moment. Um, I wouldn't take pay too much attention to the heat map just this week because that's based off last year where they just had a really good forward pack. Um, didn't take into account that Tomalalo wasn't there. Didn't take into account that back line. I'd. I would play him just one, just one more week. But if you can cover him, I would absolutely, I'd, I'd sort of neck him this week. Yeah, I'd be eyeing off selling him as well. Um, it looked like it was something that was going to work out initially, but um, I think that you need to bite the bullet because there's too many other better options and people like Gutho. Aside from that, these are uh, two teams that don't have very many highly owned players between them. Um, aside from the number one guy between these two teams owned, which is Cameron Munster. We've spoken about him a lot. I'm not going to... Get into it again. Uh, me and you said that he was going to have a good game last week, even though we didn't see him as being a great option in the long term. And he had that great game, 88 points against the Bulldogs. Uh, he's more than likely, since we said last week, he's not going to be a good option. He's probably going to turn up this week and have a, a two-week average of 100 points, Billy. Yeah, probably, but I'm, I'm not interested in him, mate. I'd, he could go well again this week. If you start, if you started with him, you're an absolute machine. But I... I just don't want to back into three tries just to eat. Yeah, so um, Billy, we thought that the Storm were going to absolutely towel up the Bulldogs. I saw a um, uh, a post with a few of my mates. They said, oh, um, apparently someone went to the TAB um, and put on a $6,000 bet for the uh, the Storm to win 51+. plus. So that guy would be a lot more disappointed than us. But um, in saying that, we thought that they were going to get toweled up the Bulldogs and they only... Lost to the Storm by two points with a mystery smart and kick, so maybe the cows don't actually give up as much as we think they will. 
<laughs> yeah, maybe not. But that was a resurgent bulldogs meet. I don't see the same type of cows turning up. But uh, no one saw the dogs coming at a six to one last week either. So, um, yeah, look, mate. The one thing going for the cows is they're in North Queensland. So see what happens. Yeah, I, I reckon the Storm will win, but I think it might only be like a 12-point win, 14-point win type of thing. Might be one of those ones where they just pull away with too much class at the end. Um, in saying that, uh, VC option, Munster. Um, I think that that'll be on the cards, and he's probably the only guy to consider. Um, you know, I probably wouldn't even consider Smith or you know, maybe V Smith, VC Smith, but those are probably the only two considerations for the C or VC this week. Um, I think uh, hookers were actually went really well versus Cowboys last year. Let me have a quick look. I thought they were ranked pretty well. Yeah, they were, mate. Hookers were ranked number one versus the Cowboys last year. I would actually do Smith over, um, probably because of the size of their forward pack and the fact they roll through the middle, the middle so much. I reckon Smith gets a crap load of uh, tackles. It's not as a high-scoring game as you think, but he's kicked a few goals and maybe chucks someone over. I reckon Smith goes for a sort of 80-84 type score this week. Nice call. I like it, mate. So there we go. Get on C. Smith, guys, for a VC. The uh, the next game of the round is the Rabbitohs versus the Warriors. Uh, this one, they're actually playing at the Sunshine Coast. Um, so the big changes are Greg Inglis is off again. He's actually been given the week off with um, by the Rabbitohs to sort of sort his injuries out and have some personal time. And the big news from that is the great man, Cole Turner. One of the guys that I've not seen someone look so bad, get persisted with so often, who also gets concussed every second week, get that many chances in first grade. I thought we'd seen the last of Cole Turner, um, and he's back again. Not only that, Wayne Bennett has named him in the centres, which I find absolutely unbelievable. Um, aside from that, the, the Rabbits have got Liam Knight returning from suspension, playing off the bench. And for the Warriors, they've got Lasoni returning to the bench from suspension. Um, the big news, though, for the Warriors is Adam Blair starting in the back row. He was on the bench last week. And Isaiah Papali is moving back to the bench with Burr retaining his 13 jumper. I don't know which crazy coach move we need to talk about first here, but let's just start with the first team listed here, the Rabbits. Kyle Turner at centre. What, what is Wayne Bennett thinking with that? Oh, I don't know, mate. <laughs> Maybe he just looked at uh, Burns' form and figured, you know what, the bigger the better. Just t- just chuck someone uh, with a bit of with a bit of uh, shoulder size and see what he can do. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe he just wants a better a better tackler next to Allen just to um, protect that side. Um, who knows? Um, I haven't seen enough of Allen to know what he's like defensively. Um, it is the Warriors, but um, <laughs> well, Warriors, Warriors Warriors do attack the edges. Um, uh, I honestly don't know what Bennett's thinking there, but I'm sure he's got his reasons, mate. He's a better coach than I am. Yeah, he's a better coach than both of us, but gee, some of these decisions you've got to question. Um, a guy in focus for this game, Cody Walker. We talked about him last week. He scored a solid 64. He's now got a three-round average, um, well, three-round scoring of 64, 86, 72. And the Warriors are the type of side that he could absolutely carve up. 595K. I looked at him as an option last week. Couldn't do it. If you own him, I reckon this is a game that he might get his first ton of the year. Um, I don't think so. I reckon the Warriors, looking at their heat map, mate, they, the Warriors are that bad. Their points are spread all over the park. I don't. <laughs> they have they have centres doing try assists to wingers and forwards and hookers going through the middle. I um, I don't I don't think I think this is probably going to be the lowest scoring game for Walker all year, given the fact that he's not not a goal kicking not a goal kicking half, and this, the Warriors spread their points all over every other team. 
Mate, I'm I'm pretty. I'd be pretty excited if I owned um, Walker this week. But um, speaking about excited with guns, um, Damien Cook's got a big break even. Um, so it's good for us non-Cook owners. He's got 112. Uh, sorry, 109. Um, and he scored 66 points last week. This is probably the week where he breaks out the non-owners' hearts and he puts up his first um, his his first real big ton. So so far this year, he's got his 96 points in round two. But if you take that out, he's actually only got 60 points average between his other three games with a 55, 54, and 66 last weekend. So he's not doing fantastic. He's, he's doing pretty much what we want him to do aside from that round two game. Can you see him busting out this week against that Warriors pack, though, and just carving up a little bit? No, I think he I think he does well against slightly better teams where sort of they, they roll forward and when he when when there's a fast play of the ball he gets a couple of line breaks. Um, a team like the Warriors, man, I reckon he just shoots it out the back a bit more. There's a few more there's a few more tries, um, maybe on both teams. Um, uh, a lot less time doing ta- doing tackles, tackles and hit ups. As, um, uh, let, let, so a few more breaks in place. So I reckon those few minutes kind of hurt hurt his tackle count a little bit. Um, He's a captain option this week because it, it, it is the Warriors and you never know what's going to happen. But I just think the point spread is going to be too much. I might go somewhere a bit later in the weekend and hope, hope Cook sort of gets to 70. Yeah, as a non-owner, um, if he sort of gets around his, his average, um, yeah, he's going to be around 650k next week. He's going to have a reasonable break-even still. Um, so he could be even, you know, 620-odd in two weeks' time. And that might be the bottom price and... And the time that you have to buy him if you're going to buy him before Origin. Yeah, the only the only thing is, um, if you're waiting, if you're looking at Cook's break even and you don't own him and you want to see his price drop a bit, think of it this way: uh, who do you have to play in his place? Because well, what are the chances that your current hooker is going to score 45 or 50? And even if Cook only scores 65, 70. That's 20 points more than than your other hooker, and you're doing that what to say maybe 20 grand. What if he does turn up? Worst case scenario, he's going to score 50, 55, 60. So. Probably Cook and Ponga are the two big attacking weapons that people are looking at trading in pretty soon. You can obviously, most coaches are only going to be able to choose one of those guys. I mean, for this week, would you go a Cook or Ponga if those were the two gun guys that you're choosing between? Oh, I'd be going Ponga this week, absolutely. Um, slightly, slightly better break-even at home, kicking goals. Um, you, you know he's a do- you know he's a dominant playmaker and is going to make those plays from back. Cook, I fear, may only score sort of fifty five this week and a few tackles and a few runs because the rest of the team does the job. Yeah, I still think that um, what you said earlier, Cook's Cook's a fine C option. Um, you you know the worst case is going to be at fifty five points, um, but I do think he's got the upside to sort of do seventy, eighty, even ninety points this week um, if they really run right. Um, only other guy on the rabbit side to probably mention. Aside from Sam Burgess carving up, but we've spoken about him enough in the last couple of weeks, and he's gone great guns. Um, Corey Allen, a few people were trading him in last week, and with good reason. Um, he didn't go very well. Only 28 points. Having said that, he's got a minus 11 BE this week, so if you missed out on him last week, you can certainly get him in this week. But obviously, Oakenbore's ahead of him, Billy, for this week's trade-ins. But if you were, already had Oakenbore, would you grab Allen? For a cash grab, or is he a guy that you'd let pass by? If I didn't own him, I would let him pass by. 
Um, his base is very, very, very ordinary. Um, the only person I would be interested in for this team as a pod this week would be Alex Johnson, mate. Fullbacks versus the Warriors. I've got no interest in, in buying Allen right now, given all the other options available. Yeah, that's fair enough. I'm probably going to let Allen slide as well myself. Um, on the Warriors side of things, um, probably the big guns in this one. Well, first of all, let's talk about the big move from this coach. So, Stephen Kearney's decided that um, Burr is going to retain the 13 jumper and Papa Lee is going to go back to the bench. Um, so, for Burr owners, that's phenomenal news. Um, you know, coming into round one, it looked like that you might have only got one or two weeks out of him. And, you know, then he was going to be back to the bench and you're going to have to sell him pretty quickly. And anyone that has him now would just be elated. He's, um, he's going great. But on the other side of things, for Papa Lee, he's going to really start um, leaking some cash and having some hard decisions for the owners in the next couple of weeks if he can't get out of that Jersey 15 anytime soon. Mate, I'm the most bitter of all owners because I've got both. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I did I did set thought I outsmarted every super coach thinking, you know what? I'll just get Lachlan Burr and play him for round for round one, maybe round two, and as soon as he's benched, then I'll play Isaiah Papali. That way either way I make coin, I get points in the first couple of rounds and then I get Papali's one percent pod scores in round three, four and five and six and God knows when and cash Burr in. What I wasn't planning on was the coach to start there and bring him off after 30 minutes, then bring Papa Lee in for the last 30 minutes. Mate, I've got two players that I'm freaking stuck with. Well, I mean, Burr actually played the most minutes he's played all year on the weekend. So he played 54 minutes, which was the most he's played all season so far. So you know, you'd expect his minutes to be going down, and he, he played the most minutes that he's played. So that sort of says where it's going. Um, as far as Papa Lee goes... He ended up still playing good minutes last weekend. Um, he played 69 minutes, but he only scored 45 points. Now, when we go back to round two when he was on the bench, he only played 25 minutes and scored 26 points. So at, at 460k, um, he, he's, he's looking like a headache. Um, there's other owners aside from you, Billy, that are pretty upset about this. Are you just going to stick strong? Or have you thought about maybe just cutting bait now and just with all the plethora of options, just, you know, going down to an open bore in the second row and then, you know, using that money for a big upgrade to a gun elsewhere or, or what are your sort of thoughts on it? I'm going to give it a week to see if he's a... Unfortunately, it's late in the weekend, so I'm going to give it a week and see what happens, see if he's a late inclusion, see how many minutes he gets off, off, off the bench. Um, I don't think I'll bother playing him this week. I'll just play Lane in, instead. Yeah, look, if he's going to drop a little bit of coin, I'll take it just for one week and hope that he plays 80 next week. But if he's not playing, if he's not named to start next week and not getting 80, then he's gone ski. I, I need him for 80, but he's, he's not a 60-minute type guy. He need, he's on the edge. He needs 80 minutes. Yep. Uh, CHT's got named again in Jersey 6 for his second game of the season. Looked really good first game. So after this round for next round's trade-ins, he's going to be a big trading target. Um the only other guy in the Warriors that I'm really interested in is Roger Tuovazashek. I know you haven't been a big fan in the past, in the preseason we spoke about it. I was for him as a pod. You you weren't particularly too keen. He's ended up averaging 77 points a game this season. Um, so he's been doing absolutely fantastic. Um, and I reckon that he's going to continue on that form. And I think at 580k, uh, he's a definite option um, as far as the other guys that are available. He's a, he's a definite alternative to, say, the Guthos and um, a few of the other guys getting traded into the centre wing. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, wish he was still available as the centre quarter, mate. It would have been a great option. 
Um, just too much competition at that full work spot. But, um, mate, honestly, this, this, is, this isn't a joke. What, what is it with these bloody Kiwis? C-H-T, C-N-H, C-N-K, <laughs> R-T-S. Mate, I made the comment the other day in, in one of the groups jokingly that um, you know, the NRL needs to say, you know, when you become a pro athlete and you're playing first grade, you've got to pick a name from now on so there's not as many hyphenated ones because it's becoming hard to keep up, you know. But there's a lot of them. Um, but RTS has probably been the best one for this season. 77 points puts him right up the top as far as the best players in the game. I guess it, it becomes a matter of whether you think he's going to continue on with it or not. I actually think that he is going to continue on with it. It's also become a lot easier to have him. Turbo might be out for nine weeks. So all of a sudden that Turbo-Teddy combo at fullback um, becomes a Teddy-RTS combo at fullback as the best two fullbacks and actually the best two backs in the game at the moment. So I find that really appealing, and I'm not going to lie, I'm considering it for this week because I reckon the South's back line um, is pretty depleted and a bit weak, and they might get some points put on them out the back even if they end up winning this game. Yeah, he's not the worst. Um, like you said, Pong is available at um, at five eight. So you chuck, so you chuck him there. There's no turbo around. Um, there's no there's no guarantee that Gutho is going to be king of the hill again. So um, yeah, mate, he's not the worst. If that's the RTS of old, mate, you'd be getting. If this was two years ago, you would be getting that bloke in in a heartbeat. So it, it's just it's just the fact that he's got a different club and it's been a couple of years and he hasn't shown the same sort of promise. But yeah, first few games this year is probably enough, mate, to excite any any owners or potential owners. I actually see him as a ballsy captaincy option for this week with the way he's been going. I know a few people captained him last week and they ended up getting paid pretty well for that. I wouldn't mind doing it again this week. Um, are you seeing any other captaincy options for this week? I'm, I'm eyeing off Sam Burgess as my safety C. Again, myself with the Warriors edges. I wouldn't be chucking the C on check. I think you're a bit mental there. Um, definite, definite pod, but against 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 the rabbits, um, I I wouldn't do that one. Um, absolute pod, but um, I would if I owned him, I would absolutely VC Johnson as a as a pod this week. I think that that's a sort of a, not a big balls pod because he's only a VC. But if you own him, you've got big balls. Um, <laughs> Sam Burgess, I I captained last week, but the fact that he scored what seventy. Mid, what mid seventies with a try and a line break that kind of concerns 77. me. So I'm not, yeah, seventy seven with a try and a line break that really concerns me. So I'm not going to do that again this week. Um, if I was going to captain any of those, any of those rabbits, mate, it would probably be probably be Cook, um, but I'll probably look elsewhere. Yep. Um, next game we've got the Knights versus Sea Eagles. Um, this one's either going to be an absolute dud. Or it's going to be a great game for Supercoach with plenty of points. I'm not sure which way it'll go. We've basically got um, James Gavay back from injury. Um, so he'll be starting again for the Knights. Tim Glasby moves back to lock. And Mitch Barnett drops back to the bench. For Manly, we've obviously got Tommy Turbo out for potentially you know more than a couple of months. Which is not good at all for everyone that bought him last week. Brendan Elliott replaces him. Um, Moses Silly is back after being dropped last week. So big news here is obviously Turbo gone, mate. And, you know, we said last week, you didn't have to buy him that week. Um, didn't have to jump straight on. You can afford to wait another week because he, he wasn't going to go up in any money or anything. Unfortunately, a lot of people jumped on and, and they got burnt badly. Yeah, mate. Yeah, mate. I think he bounces back this week. And it, I don't think I've ever said this before or will ever say this again, but how good does Edric Lee and SKD look this week? 
Edric Lee and SKD. But I, I'm a closet SKD fan, so you know I've got him in my draft team, um, and I reckon he might get his a double or a hat trick this week, or maybe you know Edric Lee and Sean Kenny Dow score five tries between them. Uh, Fitzgibbon might bounce back this week. Claim yeah, Fitzgibbon is probably a good one to talk about because uh, you know I've I've been saying for a few weeks now that you know each week that he doesn't get an attacking stat. He's going to be closer to getting one, and surely against Manly this week he hits an attacking stat because four games is actually I think the equal longest when you look at last year that he's gone without a line break or a try. Yeah, he's uh, absolutely not a buy because he doesn't play that um, that round. Um, that, sorry, that round twelve, and plus he's um, he's got that horribly low floor. But if if you if you if you bought him to start the season and you still own him for some reason, absolutely you would absolutely keep him for this week when you. Oh, for sure, 100%. You cannot sell him this week. Um, just looking at his draw, and this is probably going to go for Lachlan Fitzgibbon and for Ponga as well, who we're about to talk about. They've got Manly this week at home, the Titans away, uh, Para at home, and then Warriors and Dogs away. The Dragons actually have one of the worst defensive units this year, and they've got them next. So, you know, th- this next f- six games that they've got in a row are all phenomenal games for them matchup-wise. And, you know, really, I mean, probably the Eels are a fringe top-eight team and maybe the Dragons are as well. But aside from those two, you know, the other four games are probably guys not in the top-eight. I think the Knights have got the best run going into about round 11 out of just about any team. So I'm expecting Fitzgibbon and Ponga to really start firing. Yeah, I think the um, the very, very small percentage of people that started with Jesse Rami will be licking their lips too. I reckon he increases about 100 grand in the next two weeks. Yeah, that's a good call, mate. I agree with you 100%. Uh, aside from that, that Seagull backline looks absolutely abysmal once again. I don't think Suley coming back in helps them too much. And certainly, Brendan Elliott at fullback is not going to help too much either. Um, on the Seagull side, though, Adam Fanua Blake has been pretty popular. Have you looked at trading him in as an alternative to maybe some of the other guys like a Junior Paulo and stuff, or do you think he's still an option for this week? No, mate. I've been uh, Barry Vanilla. I've been with the, with the sickening amount of cheapies available. Um, I'm going pure vanilla at the moment, mate. I'm just looking for the the uh, the, the Crichton, Madison, Kikau, Jerbo types of the bringing bring guys to come in with those cheapies. I'm not even entertaining any pods. I probably for me. Pre-season is a time for pods, unless they're showing real promise. Um, uh, and I, I can't really see any sort of around the 500k of them um, uh, sort of licking my chop, chops around, apart from the, the James Fisher-Harris and the Clemmer types who are kind of plotted, plotters getting to 65, already priced around the sort of 60 mark. So I'm just going to go for the proven guns that have severely dropped in cash, mate, and the cheapies. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, for Newell Blake, I think it's a good option, but not one that I'm going to get either. He's got 69, 65, 63 points for his 66 average across his three games so far this year. Um, 480k, so he's not heaps cheap, but he's not super expensive either. Um, pretty much like you, getting out Billy, I just prefer other options that have a bigger ceiling. I think most of us are chasing. You know, If you're not in that top 100 range, you're chasing pretty much, and we're definitely not in top 100. So if you're chasing, um, I'm always after those bigger ceiling guys and get the hundreds and... Someone like Fanua Blake's going to be really solid to get your 60s at the moment, but he's not going to ton up or anything. Um, whereas someone like a kickout can definitely go on those runs of you know a three-round average of 90 or 80 points. So that's sort of where I'm going to be heading. Yeah, and just remember, um, 
the the guys in sort of the top sort of ten sort of twenty positions, they're hundreds of like the, the three, four, five hundred points ahead of you know sort of the top sort of ten thousand already. So if you're going to catch those guys, you're not going to catch them by sort of getting uh, Gutherson and the pods that they already have that are already average averaging sort of eighty odd. How many fullbacks and centers three quarters um, do you know that average eighty for the full season? But the pods that they have are going to come back to the pack. Maybe only slightly, maybe not straight away, but you're not going to catch them by grabbing the same people that they've already got. You need to off, offset what they've got and start grabbing the the, um, you know, the kickouts and the Crichtons and, um, and and the Martins, like the people that haven't fired yet that are just about to. Yeah, I agree. I'm uh, I'm going to go crazy here, Billy, and I'm going to tell you who my seed's going to be this week. Uh, I'm 90% sure that I'm going to keep the C on Kalen Ponga for this week, and I'm just going to go all out and just say, let's see Ponga. Yeah, mate, no dramas with that. The only thing with Ponga is um, he only had one ton all last year, and I think it was only sort of a 103 or a 109 or something something like that. He's not the sort of guy that's going to score 100, 130, 150. He's just a really, really consistent sort of fullback who punches good numbers and kicks goals all the time. So um, not sure if I'm going to captain him. I don't think I can do it. I'd probably rather someone... Uh, like, I'd, for a captain, I would probably rather a forward who's going to give me 60 in base or someone like Cook who's going to give me 55 just being on the park. But um, wait and see. Um, definitely an option there. He scored 88 last week against the Dragons at home. At home against Manly this week, I'll take 88 and a heartbeat for my captain. Good game this one for um, some attack if they don't turn up and it's a triathlon. Who are you picking to win this one? I reckon Knights bounce back here. Um, it's on Saturday. The Knights generally never lose on their Sunday over 40. Joey said once, so, uh, we, Sunday over 40 is um, bread and butter for the Knights. It's, but no, I reckon Saturday. I reckon with the team that the roster and the team that they've put together now, the fact that it's Manly and everyone hates Manly as uh, sort of a Saturday over, I reckon it's a good time for the crowd to get behind them off the back of a loss, mate. Yep, and Brownie and the team's under a lot of pressure to get a win as well. I think they're going to win. Real, I think they're going to win well as well. I think they're going to be sixteen plus winners over the Seagulls. Um, the next game that we have got is the Sharks versus the Roosters. This one's going to be at Shark Park. A few big changes. Um, Sean Johnson's back from his quad injury, um, and so is Paul Gallen. So it's going to help the Sharkies out quite a bit. Kyle Flanagan drops back to the reserves, um, and Jason Bakuya moves back to. The bench with Aaron Woods out with a broken foot. Um, that's a Jones fracture, which is a real bad one, um, particularly for bigger guys like Woods. He's going to be out for three months. Could have some lingering effects after that as well. Um, not a good one for a big man to get. Roosters have got JWH back. Um, that pushes Zane Tenovato um, back to the bench. So aside from that, um, digging into the sides a little bit more, first guy we're going to talk about in the Sharks team is Bronson Zeri, who had a really good debut last week. I've already got him penciled in as one of my cheapy downgrades next week um, to get him before he has his first rise. But that was a really good debut, Billy, with uh, 49 points, which included 39 in base, which was good to see from the young centre. Yeah, exactly what I was hoping for, mate. I I kind of figured he would have gone for a try. I bought him in last week knowing that his base would have been high and I didn't want to play a winger. I'm pretty sure he's going to stay for at least four to six weeks and at absolute minimum, probably well beyond that. So I took the punt and bought him in last week. So I was disappointed the Eels didn't win with him at least scoring one try. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't be big on buying him this week myself. He's playing against the Roosters and um, 
Obviously not going to go up in price, but he's certainly one that should be your first guy in next week. Looks like a great one. Obviously, I mentioned that Woods is out. Do you think that that means that we're going to see Fafita's minutes, um, I, I guess, more consistent? Because, you know, we have lamented that, you know, how can a guy go from 73 minutes in round one to 61 minutes in round two to 55 in round three to 73 minutes last round? Um, surely we're going to see him sort of 65 to thanking God for Woods being out and breaking his foot. Yeah, I like the fact that Woods is out. It gives us more minutes for Fafita, hopefully. Um Dallin, Dallin isn't exactly renowned for big minutes lately either, so you know he's going to come off a little, a little bit early. Well, you would think so anyway. The thing with Fafita is that he can probably score 50 off 70 minutes or off 20 minutes. You just don't know which Fifi is going to turn up. The, you know, the hot hit that throws penalties away and drop balls from trying to throw too many offloads away or the bloke that you know sort of does his ankle and comes off after 20 minutes. But it is a promising sign that he's going to potentially get more minutes, so pretty excited about that, mate. Yeah, the, the good thing for the bench for the Sharks for him is that they've got, obviously, Braley being the bench hooker, and then they've got Jason Bakuya, Jack Williams, and Scott Sorensen. Um, now, pretty much all those guys can play in the middle, um, but they also can all play edge, um, and they're not um, they're not big-minute middle players yet in their careers, particularly Williams and Sorensen uh, are young guys that aren't going to play a huge amount of minutes. None of them are props, though. Um, so whilst they might go in and spell the props to play some middle minutes, none of them have got the size that the you normally need for the prop spot that Woods is going to be there for. So I don't see any of those guys playing massive minutes. Um, so Fafita looks like he's he's in a really, really good spot now. Um, Britton Nakor and Kurt Capewell have been playing 80 minutes. Um, really good to see Kurt Capewell play well this week. And I'm going to use this as an example, Billy, on why you have patience with guys that you don't need to sell. Um, We've chatted in the past um, few weeks before last round about Capewell. You know, if you had to sell him, okay, but would much rather hold him. Um, and this is why, you know, he was scoring mid-40s, um, but he was doing that after filling in on the wing one game and, and not getting any attack or whatever, and ended up getting a, um, some attack with an assist last game, and that gave him 77 points. And all of a sudden, He's only got a BE of eight. Um, he's up about thirty um, grand, and you know he's going to keep making money for the next couple of weeks now. So um, he had a really good round last week of seventy-seven, and if he can snag some more attack the next couple of weeks, he's going to make us some good cash and, and get to hundred k pretty quick. Yeah, if you got him, I'd keep him. Um, I wouldn't be playing him, but if I could, um, surely a lot of people have sort of Bateman and CNK and Decora at centre three quarter now. Um, and the, the, I just keep saying the dog's kick because I don't know how to pronounce his bloody name. But I would playing uh, Oden, whatever, Odenheim. I, I'd be playing Odenheim this week, mate, um, as my fourth centre three quarter. So for Capel owners, um, if you needed that platform, potentially a sell. I can't see him scoring, making too much extra cash this week. But if you could play someone else, just leave him there to rot one more week on the bench, make a bit more coin, then get rid of him next week. I wouldn't even be getting him next week. You know, BE of a single digit BE, he's going to make money for a couple of weeks. I'd be holding on to him, even if I didn't play him this week. On the Roosters side of things, they've obviously got just about a full strength squad now. Probably the main guy to talk about is James Tedesco, just to say how phenomenal he is. Um, the Sharkies' attack wasn't great last week, and your Eels had a pretty good win against them. 
are you are you one to think that you just ride the Teddy train and maybe he's another captaincy option? He's scored 84 and 133 points the last two weeks and his attacking stats have just been through the roof. I couldn't do it versus the Sharks, mate, especially not away from home. No way. No way? Jeez. You're a, uh, I guess I'm going to go a little bit more ballsy than you. If I don't captain Ponga this week, the guy that I'm the 10% chance I'll captain is going to be probably Teddy because um, I'm not too convinced with that Sharks back line that they're going to be able to hold out the Roosters. I reckon they're going to get some points scored against them. I don't, um, think, any, I don't think anyone can hold out the Roosters, mate, but I just wouldn't back uh, a single bloke against a team like the Sharks away from home because you, Teddy has to score for you to get that sort of uh, 70, 75 points. And fullbacks don't score in every sort of game of the year. I'd, I'd rather just leave it for the obvious sort of games like Warriors or Titans. Yeah, fair enough. Other than that, Probably the big question for the Roosters is what to do with Angus Crichton as far as bringing him in or choosing someone else. Um, we spoke about that quite a bit before, though. So I guess the good news for anyone that was looking at him or does own him, he's named in Jersey 12 to start this week rather than you know being put in Jersey 17 or anything. And hopefully he gets 80 minutes this week and he's all good. But you know, with Crichton's BE, I um, wouldn't necessarily be rushing to have to get him in this week, he's still got a 47 BE. If he has a good game, he's going to go up a few grand, but not too much. You can definitely wait a week. Um, but I'll, I'll be looking at some of those other guys like we discussed earlier instead of him. Yeah, I'd wait a week on him purely because of um, what you just said then, but also, also the fact that he's got a... Um, he's playing late in the weekend. You don't know what tricks the coach is going to play. Um, there is a small chance that Orbison might end up starting. Very, very unlikely, but... Orbison's also on the bench too. What's to say the coach doesn't bring him in and give give um, Crichton the twenty minute spell? I mean, before the season started, you would have thought that'd be crazy, but they haven't. They haven't got a. They haven't got a bench hooker. I mean, or, or, or do they? They got. They got sort of four four sort of forwards. No, the they got four forwards on the bench. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. So where, where are those minutes going to go? So someone's got to come off, and it's not going to be Cordner. Um, Isaac Lee will come off. TKO will. Warrior Hargraves will. So there's three interchanges and another and another three. Another, so that's six. So what happens to Orbo? He's not going to go on the front row. Uh, that's precisely why we should. I think you should probably just wait. We haven't seen enough of Crichton, and I was making the point today with some guys I was chatting with that um, we haven't actually seen the Roosters' full rotation at full strength going yet with everyone healthy. So I'd really want to see what the Roosters look like with their full rotation because they've had a lot of guys in and out of the side that have stuffed things up a little bit. Um, so, yeah, I, I'd be waiting. Yeah, I reckon the um, Roosters are going to win, obviously being a, a Roosters fan, mate. Are you seeing the Roosters getting a good win over the Sharkies or you think there'll be an upset? be close. I don't think it'll be a demolishing. I reckon Roosters get up. I'll tell you what, I reckon the Sharks turn up, mate. Yeah, I, I really wasn't a fan of the attack last week, but obviously they've got SJ back to help with that. Um, I reckon we'll win by 10 points, um, and it'll no, be a no, good game. No guarantee SJ's going to play either. He was he was named last week, so that's the only reason. I'm, I, would, I would have preferred to grab Reese Martin this week and then just uh, grab Ponga, Ponga next week. Yeah, I'd, I need I need to have a backup just in case SJ isn't named, so I've got to get Ponga in this week and leave SJ. That's the other thing, too. Um if you've got SJ in your team, put him as a reserve. So worst case scenario, you can flick the reserve switch at the last minute. The last thing you want to do is have a repeat of last week where you've got no one to back out for you. Yep, good advice. Uh, the Sunday game first up is going to be the Dragons versus the Bulldogs. Tyson Frizzell is going to be starting after coming off the bench last week. Uh, Leilua comes in replacing Corbin Sims, who's going to be out for a while with a broken arm. 
the other thing to note is we've got Host on the bench uh, with Laurie retaining his starting spot. So it's great for Laurie owners, pretty poor for Host owners. Um, for the Dogs, um, Ogden is going to be starting in place of Dylan Napa, who's actually out for uh, probably four to eight weeks was the initial diagnosis. Um, so fair few changes here, but in this game, really, the, the big name is going to be Oakenbore. The dog's winger who has set the world on fire the first two weeks for Supercoach. Um, I would say that he, aside from Nakora at the start of the year, he's the biggest must-have of the season. He has been just phenomenal. Even, you know, the eye test has been great. The stats have been phenomenal. For a kid that's only just debuted, to go and do the work rate that he's done, he's averaging a 40 in pure base, and he's got 55 and 102 points uh, his first two games in, in the NRL. Uh, I can't remember the last must-have guy that's been as must-have as what Oakenbore is this week, Billy. Mate, what a machine. My, my students for a quarter were stacked. I can't fit him in there. I'm, I'm going to play him as one of my um, second row benches or reserves or whatever. I don't care. He's in the starting team somewhere. I have saw a couple of posts where people were like, you know, there's that many people buying Oakenbore. Should we, you know, is it crazy for me just to get two guns because I can afford it? Yes, it's crazy. You have to get Oakenbore in. There is no choice. You absolutely have to get him in this week. The way he's playing, he is a gun at $500,000 discount. Yeah, exactly right, mate. Um, the other guy that we spoke about previously is CHN for the Dogs. And I've got to say, Billy, he's on my short list as one of the guys that I'm training in this week. I know you haven't been a huge fan, but um, he got... 73 minutes last week after getting 66 minutes in his first start the week before and he had huge quality in those minutes in what was a low scoring game he ended up with six offloads and he ran the ball 15 times and he also got an assist in there as well um, his, his work rate was great and it's the offloads that I'm, I'm most interested in he's now got I think um, 10 offloads or more than 10 offloads in his first two starts for this year yeah, I must admit he's doing a lot more than what I thought, what the, what the thought he would have otherwise done. Um, I'm not interested in him only because I've got my eyes on half a dozen other players, but the, he's dual, isn't he? He's a dual centre-wing second rower, and the last two weeks when he's been starting in Jersey 12, he's got 78 and 66 points, and he's only going to cost you 445k this week, but does have a BE of six. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, we're going to have to, have to miss him, but... Um, yeah, a bloke like that available at centre three quarters probably a potluck gold for the first buy. I, I might just sort of watch him sort of one more week, and if he's punching the, the, the if he's punching these sort of scores next week, just take the price hike and get him around sort of you know, the four hundred seventy k mark maybe. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely considering this week, um, and I think he's going to be really handy for round twelve in the centre wing, um, and the duel really helps. So I reckon he's a good buy. Aside from that, um, on the other side of the coin. The Dragons um, don't have too many options to talk about for Supercoach. Um, other than Ravalawa has gone great again last week and is continuing to tear it up and going to make a huge amount of cash. Um, he's got a negative 39 BE after scoring back-to-back tries, 59 points last week. Every chance in the next couple of weeks against the Dogs and Manly that he gets a couple of more points. He's averaged 60 the last couple of weeks, Billy. Are you considering starting him against the Dogs and banking on another try? Uh, no, not this week, mate. Um, 
just going to wait and watch another week. There's, but like you said, there's so many cheapies around. The break-evens aren't... They're not, they're not low enough to kill you. So I'm just going to sit back and watch a week to see what happens. Yep. Um, only other last guy to talk about on the Dragons side of things. Paul Vaughan got man in the match on the weekend against uh, Newcastle. He scored 75 points in 62 minutes, 77 points in base. So that was a phenomenal base effort from him. And very quietly, he's had 75 and 69 points the last two weeks. And aside from his dud in round two of 52 points, he's scored at least 60 points or 62 points uh, for his, the other three games this season. He's 520k. It's one of those ones where there's probably too many other good options. Uh, if he was sort of around a sort of 400, 450k mark and he was going from sort of 40 minutes to sort of 55 minutes, then yeah. But you've got to remember, he probably played inflated minutes from the in- injury last week um, and the week and prior where Frizzell actually went down as well. Um, the edges in that team aren't known for 80 minutes, so there's a bit more sort of sharing around. Lomax has been on the bench as well for cover for a couple of games, so I reckon uh, Vaughan's had severely inflated minutes. Um, yeah, that's fair enough. I mean, he's been scoring pretty well. Um, I actually do like him. I wish that um, we could start our round one team in round four, and you can just grab all these guys. Fortune doesn't work that way. Where do you see this one going, mate? The Dragons or the Dogs? On the uh, game last week, I'm back in the dogs, mate. Yep. I'm going to say that we're going to have a golden point game again between these two. I reckon they're both going to be in golden point this week, and it could go either way. Uh, the last game of the round, Raiders versus your Eels at GIO Stadium. We've got Joseph Tappany back. Um, he's going to be on the bench. Um, could be a late inclusion to start. Aiden Seas has been named in the reserves. He might end up returning from his abdominal injury, and the Eels are the same team that took on the Sharks last week. Charles Nickel Cockstad, we've sung his praises before. He's gone phenomenal. Um, just enjoy the ride of making all that cash. Um, other than that, um, a few people are trying to decide what to do with Josh Hodgson. I'm actually at this point just holding him. I've got two relative like good hookers that I can play. Um, so I, I'm just holding him until round 12. It's not my only hooker option. I mean, Billy is a non-owner. If, if you were one of these guys like me that had him, would you jump off Josh, Josh Hodgson or would you be waiting for his run? Because against the Dogs of Manly in the next two weeks, I'm kind of hoping that he's going to start hitting some attacking stats that have been lacking. Gee, he looks bloody hard SC-wise, but um, I, I really... I, there's not much I don't know. Sorry, there's not much I don't pretend to know about Supercoach, but uh, Hodgson, Hodgson, mate, I honestly have no idea at the moment. Um, he could go on a run the, the, the next couple of weeks, but on, on his form... I just couldn't do it, but he's got that round 12. Look, if you've got enough coverage and you can hold him, then great, then do it. Um, see, see what happens. The Raiders are, Raiders are a really good defensive team at the moment. Eels, Eels are doing a good job at the moment. Um, the only thing going for him is honestly the fact that he's playing at home and probably has Manly next week. So probably lean towards a hold, but I'd be nervous as hell playing him. I mean, the good thing is, like you said, he's playing at GIO this week, but also next week, so he's got um, two weeks in a row. I'm pretty loath to, to trade him out at 500k. Um, obviously, he started a lot higher than that, so you've already lost cash on him. I don't think that he's going to be... I don't think you're going to lose money between now and the buy. Like, even if he drops to 450k, I'm sure that he'll be back to 500k by the time you get to round 12. So I don't think you're going to lose any money with him. And kind of like a Sean Lane scenario, if he's one of your, you know... Your, your worst players in your 17, 
Um, I don't think that's too bad, especially when you can hit some attacking against maybe the Eels and the Broncos and, and Manly. So I'm going to hold. Jordan Rapana is an interesting one. Um, so I'm actually, I said CHN. He's one of the guys that I'm potentially trading in. The other guy that I'm considering, um, if I don't go a fullback route of an RTS or something, is maybe Jordan Rapana. Um, and that's a complete balls to the wall, shot in the dark, hoping he's going to keep up the run and go well. Um, but he's 500k. He's coming off 114 points versus the Cowboys. Um, and it is very much chasing the guys in front of me. Um, but, the, the, you know, the Eels, the Broncos, and Manly the next few weeks, um, it could be worse with two out of three at home. And he's got a BE of 14, so he's going to start going up in cash and play round 12. I know that you're scarred for life on Rapana Billy after starting with him last year. Have you given any thought at all to having a look at him again? Yeah, um, only because he's playing on the opposite side of the field of Ferguson. Um, he's up against uh, Sivo and Jennings. Um, not so much Jennings because he's sort of supposed to be renowned for his defence, but he's up, he's up against Sivo, who's sort of not, not the greatest, has made a couple of mistakes. Um, if they're going to attack, I reckon they actually go to the right side. I reckon Rapana is probably actually a good buy this week if you're looking for a serious pod. Uh, not just because he's playing the Eels this week, but because of his run and the fact that he's uh, coming off a coming off a high score, leading to those buys. But 500k is a lot of bloody money. Yeah, he's it is. Um, he's he's going to be barely owned by anybody though, so he's going to be the ultimate pod. So if he could throw up another hundred this week, or even just a you know good solid eighty or something, it's going to be um, points and not many people are going to be getting. Um, on the eel side of things, obviously Gutho is a big one, and he could go well against the uh, the Raiders. Although their defense has been better this year, as you noted, uh, is there any other players that you got your eye on for this one? Um, pretty excited to watch Bateman still. Like the guy, the guy's going pretty well. Hopefully, he still gets the eighty minutes with Chapani and and um, both Whitehead on the field. Um, I wouldn't be buying him, but Ryan Sutton at uh, thirteen. Hopefully, there's a few more minutes there, but. There's going to be a lot of minute sharing, so I wouldn't be buying him. I think the main ones are sort of nickel, nickel Clockstad and, and Rapana watch, but maybe Chance. Um, Gutherson, I think, is on a run at the moment. Wouldn't be buying him. I think the big watch is sort of um, uh, Moses and Ferguson. Um, I mean, Ferguson, Ferguson just, just form-wise, he's a brilliant watch at the moment. But um, um, what I'm getting at here is Mitch Moses just seems to be getting a little bit of form when he plays that right side and they, they really seem to be going towards Ferguson. So um, I'll be on sort of Moses watch the next couple of weeks. Yeah, he has played well. I just, I can't do it, but I'm going to watch him. Um, maybe I'll reluctantly get there for round 12 of every Fergo owner right now. He looks fantastic. And if he gets overlooked for Origin and he's playing round 12, there's going to be some serious scrambling to try and get him in and he might be 650k to get in as well. Well, uh, I reckon that the Raiders are going to have a win in this one, mate, at GIO Stadium, but I think it's going to be a close and entertaining one. Um, what's your take on it? Do you think your boys are going to get up, or how do you reckon it's going to go? I would normally go against them away from home, um, but the way they're playing at the moment, mate, I'm going to back the boys. Fair enough. I'll wish you luck in that one. And in our final game of the round, I'll wish you luck for the round, mate. Thanks for jumping on again. Hopefully you've got a good C choice for this week lined up and you score 1,500 points. Oh, mate, <laughs> just once I'd like to get there. <laughs> All right, mate, we'll uh, chat during the week and we'll get you on again on Tuesday. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. 
Um, you can download us as normal on uh, SoundCloud and also iTunes. Um, follow us on Twitter, NRL underscore SC underscore All Stars. Share us around. Thanks very much for all the feedback and stuff. Questions have been great as well. Good luck this week, and we'll be back to chat again next Wednesday.